Warning. This podcast contains adult language, mature content, and subject matter that is not intended for more sensitive listeners. You have been warned. Welcome back to the Discount Soul Emporium near you. Let's be honest, it's never not near you. This is true. <laughs> Where you can get three souls for a dollar. Oh, a dollar. This spooky show, and we're your soul-collecting night managers, the Ghoul Babes. Yeah. I am wow. a goddamn fiesta flavor. I'm Vivian. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. That should be scary enough for you. I'm Lauren. <laughs> Dogs fuck the Pope. No fault of mine. I'm Jade. <laughs> this is also that country. country. <laughs> that was a fear and loathing joke for those of y'all not in Vegas. Yes. And haven't seen the movie. Right. Sad, sad people. <laughs> or red, or red, red, yeah. Or any of those things. And joining us for our little excursion into the haunted happenings of Las Vegas is our editor, producer, and scapegoat, if there's ever an investigation. <clears throat> Quincy. Hi. So how did you get out of the uh, the uh, the game? The uh, did you enjoy that? Well, it started getting a little weird, so I just kind of shut it off. Damn it! I mean, I mean, it. that's a shame. I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. What, weird? Oh, what do you mean weird? <laughs> I mean, we figured you were just gonna like you know provoke the demon like this usually happens in these horror movies. Right. We thought you were gonna you know try to talk to it, try to understand it. I or mean, at what least just demon? Keep going. Or just keep going. Like, <laughs> what? This game sure is weird. I don't remember this. And then what? sucked into the hellmouth. We didn't think you'd be smart enough to just shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's the plan this time, guys? Um, believe we were gonna eighty-six him. You want to yeah. say what that means? I do. Oh, of that means we're gonna take him eighty miles outside of town and bury him six feet under. All right. How's that sound? Yeah, I still don't have anything planned, so go for it. Sweet. Might as well. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. We got plans. We got plans now. You got Vegas plans, plans now. <laughs> Today we will be once again diving back into the paranormal backwash of one of our hometowns, or at least hometown adjacent, Las Vegas. No, no. Put away your stripper heels and that four-foot cup of alcohol poisoning and regret. Ugh. We're a spooky podcast, remember? Have some respect. If you're going to drink, it should at least be out of a cauldron. Ugh, Agreed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, double, double toil and trouble. Burn the house and hide the shovel. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> hide, yeah. Leave, always, no, evi leave no evidence. Shovel. Leave no evidence. <laughs> Fire burns DNA. So it does. It, it works. Side note. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, Lauren, you were born here, but Quincy and yeah. Vivian, you aren't technically... From Vegas, right? No. Nope. So how long have you two been here, and what brought you to the big sin tub? That's trademark, by the way. <laughs> uh, about 15 to 16 years, and I'm a military brat, so I actually moved here twice. Liked it so much, you decided to move away and then move back. It's that boomerang effect. Yeah, the hits keep coming when it comes to this town, I guess. <laughs> what is the boomerang effect when it comes to Las Vegas? Uh, basically, anyone that I've ever known, for the most part when they move away from here, usually stays away a few years, a handful of years, then they inevitably end up coming back. Always. Almost always. Mm -hmm. I guess that's why I've never even tried. There's a I'm few just, people that have I'm broken here. the pattern, but yeah. 
for the most part it's like they'll go like i hate this town i'm leaving and then they go and they stay away for about five years and they're like and something inevitably whether it's family or a job or something will end up having them come back here i'm pretty sure in order to stay away you need to like sacrifice your firstborn and do all sorts there's of... a ritual involved yeah. most people don't yeah. know it it involves doing the hokey pokey backwards and it's a really ugly scene the pokey hokey the yes <laughs> we do not speak of the pokey hokey on this podcast we don't speak of it i'm sorry i have angered the pokey hokey you've angered the pokey hokey shadow gods and he's gonna make you turn inside out it, oh completely Lord. inside out <laughs> I wonder if I'm prettier that way. Could you stop? <laughs> I'm a Libra. I despise ugly things like myself. God damn it. Rude. I am I am about to get real intolerant of the self-hatred on this podcast right now. Now we've made mom up to Exactly. That. What am I going to do? That's my only kind of She's humor. She's going to make you both right. sit Not in, in the puns. Self-deprecating. It's the best. She's going to make you both sit in the goddamn corner here in a minute. Some Blair Witch You can't shit. put baby in a corner. Oh, I, oh, you can, oh, you go and get the corner. You go and get the corner. The mother of Stuart's mom from, uh, is it Mad TV? I yeah, it's Mad TV. <laughs> Something like that. So I've been here a little longer, 36 years. I moved here in 83. Uh, I was three. So I don't really remember where I was, where I came from. Like I don't remember any of like where I lived before. This might as well be your hometown. Ba- basically, basically, it's it like is. it's like getting tackled on the one yard line. It's pretty much. <laughs> it's pretty much. Um, when I when we moved out here, the mob still ran a lot of the casinos on the strip, and um, my mom has a lot of interesting fun fun stories um, about people she worked for. One of the he's either he was either a pit boss or he was like a floor manager um was one of the hole in the wall gang with tony spilatro which if you've seen the movie casino you know who that is um and if you haven't please go watch please go watch the movie casino pretty incredible the uh the comedy store the original one of the original comedy stores was at the dunes that my mom worked at and so she met a lot of really up-and-coming comedians uh, on their way up, she met Sam Kinison and got kicked out of a nightclub with Sam Kinison. <laughs> Your mom is my hero. <laughs> uh, there's, she's met a lot of celebrities. Like m- both my parents worked in casinos, so like them meeting famous people was like not a big deal. My dad was like pretty chummy with Mike Tyson. Like That's when awesome. he used to come to my dad's table at the Hilton all the time when he would come to the Hilton. Um, John Cusack asked my mom for cocaine. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's. It's crazy. They would just bring me home autographs. Here you go. They're like, oh, so-and-so was here. Here's an autograph. I'm like, cool. So I have like a whole like page or like a little book and a photo album of like just autographs they would get for me. That's pretty awesome. They used to also joke that Jimmy Hoffa was buried under the dunes. Which may not be a joke. I don't know. <laughs> it may it not could, be a joke. It, I mean, they... It, it could be real. <laughs> it could be real. They pretty much uh, ruled out that he was buried under Jet Stadium. So yeah, it, so it's, very well could be I mean, there. like when I say joke, I'm using air quotes because it could be a joke, you know, ha ha ha, 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 ha actually ha. real. Um, but yeah, when we lived out here, there were streets that didn't go like all the way out. We're going to talk about Bonnie Springs in this episode, which used to be far outside of town out near Red Rock. Um, and when we used to go out there, I mean, my dad, there was a street, a major street here, Charleston. It stopped at a certain point and went to a one lane road and then a dirt road further out. So you would have to drive on a dirt road all the way out there, which it was just desert between that and Bonnie Springs. And now it's like houses and businesses and stuff all the way out. So kind of like kinda... when you're trying to get to uh, Oatman from Laughlin. 
It's like road, 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 and then suddenly you're in the mountains. Basically. Yeah, um, but you say roads just ended out here back then. No, that's still now. The way Vegas roads and construction are, that's 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 still now. They just fucking end. It was just it was that was weird that that's such a major street now that goes basically almost all the way out to the mountains, where it just stopped at one point. (laughs) I love it though. Vegas's state flower is a traffic cone. Pretty much. Always Constantly under, under construction. construction, and we will never be finished. Can we no. petition to change the McCarran Airport sign to just a big caution? Work, yeah, road work, road ahead, work ahead. Road work ahead. Yeah, I sure <laughs> hope it, it does. does. <laughs> we like fine. So we do. We do. We quote, we quote it a lot. A lot. <laughs> so, Lauren, you lived in Vegas your whole life. Uh huh. And while we're getting into the Vegas haunts and paranormal incidents a little later on, you were part of the local horror scene for a while. That I was. A part of the spoop troupe. Mwahaha. Also trademarked. <laughs> Ding. As it were. Please, somebody draw us as the spoop troupe. Please, Please do. Please do. Make All my punny dreams come true. <laughs> Can you elaborate on that and tell us what that was like? Definitely. Um,. So I used to work at Fright Dome, which was something that a uh, Circus Circus did for a little while. It was, uh, I almost said year round. No, that's for the Goratorium, but I'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> no, it was a, a seasonal haunted attraction where they turned the Adventure Dome into, well, the Fright Dome. So it's basically just this big haunted type area with multiple haunted houses. There's a freak show going on. There were actors walking around in costume. I was a part of that. Uh, It was the year 2010, and it was my very first job ever. So I do like bragging about that, saying, yeah, my first job ever, right after high school, I was an actor at Fright Dome, and I scared the crap out of a lot of people. So that that was actually a lot of fun. Um, It was a very dangerous job, though. I mean, I was injured a lot on the job, and uh, I do carry injuries with me nowadays that are as a result of that, like... My knees are completely screwed up, and that's, it's my own fault. It's from throwing myself on the ground and, like, crawling very rapidly after people as they they ran screaming from me. (laughs) And then at the Goratorium, which was Eli Roth's, uh, Eli Roth's little haunted thing that was actually year-round, I was in a room that was supposed to be, like, a kitchen, and I actually told the, like, killer chef in there, you just pick me up and throw me because uh, the people that were walking through just, I don't know, they, they weren't really feeling bad enough for the victim in that room. And so I figured, well, maybe if he actually like hurts me. So I told him like, pick me up and throw me, which was my own dumb fault. I did get injured. Yeah. Yeah. Did he actually pick you up and throw you? Uh, At at a couple of points. Yeah. So I was actually like thrown into like a sink. I was thrown into uh like the little refrigerator that was in there, injured myself pretty, pretty frequently. But you had a question. Oh, I was going to ask which one was the one that they wouldn't let you say help me. Oh, uh, the Goratorium actually gotcha. was the one where if we said help me, we got yelled at because uh, in the words of uh, uh, one of the actors there, help me sucks. Everybody says help me. <laughs> you know, you need to explain why. Or explain what's going on to you. He's torturing me or something. He's killing me. me. You can stop now. I'm already dead. Oh. Oh. Harkening back to episode one. That's a throwback. (laughs) But it, it was a lot of fun. It was just a very physically demanding job. However, 
I'd like to do it again if they would bring Fright Dome back. Just mm. I have so many good stories to tell about some people that I scared. I, I would say one of my favorite scares was uh, these two drunk, just absolutely blitzed out of their mind girls who got separated from the rest of their group. Uh, again, talking about Fright Dome. So I'm sitting outside of this cabin. And I'm sitting in a chair across from a dummy that kind of has hair similar to mine. So I decided, well, I'm just going to mimic the dummy. I'm going to pretend that I'm not real until it's too late, you know? Uh, So they were separated from their group. They're already really nervously walking through the haunt. And then they come across me and I'm sitting there not moving. They're like trying to decide, is is that real? Is it, is it real? Go, go touch it. Go touch it. See if it's real. And so one of them actually reaches out and touches my finger and just squeezes it for a second. And they go, okay, it's fake. And they start to walk. And that's when I jumped out and scared them. And they fell over each other. It's <laughs> amazing. One of the leaders for the haunt actually came through into my room and like hugged me. <laughs> she was like, that was incredible. I heard the screams all the way from the other end of the haunt. That was incredible. <laughs> and that's how I got my nickname there, the Screamer. <laughs> I mean, the only physical injury I've ever gotten was diving behind trash cans at a game of laser tag. Which is intense. That is intense. I wanted to win, damn it. <laughs> and did you win? I did. Good. I got good. into their base. I actually got like, nobody was paying attention. And I snuck into their base and just sat in the corner against the floor and pointed because they have like the bases had laser sensors in each right base, up at the top right uh-huh. at the top so i s- hunkered down in the corner where nobody could see me and then just shot at their base repeatedly and then if somebody came up to the window i was, I was like Poof! and like out the window <laughs> and then just kept shooting at the base and then That's by the time hardcore. it was done and this was for a frat party oh my god oh, this wow. was with a bunch of frat guys so by the time it, they were done because they were looking at the scores and all they have is the numbers up there like whoever wore what number vest and they were like, God damn, who was number six? And I was like, that was me, bitches. <laughs> Get on my level. Jesus. Yes. Okay. Y'all suck. Hear, hear me out. Haunted laser tag. Ooh. Yes. yes. Like you're going through a haunted house. And we'll just, we'll say the actors have like targets on them. The, yeah, like the laser vests. Yeah. That's fine. Which they just the... don't actually hit me like you fucking all did when I was working there. Well, it... they did the paintball at Bonnie Screams when Bonnie Springs had their Halloween thing. They used to do uh, where they would drive a bus around uh-huh. and zombie actors would come at the bus and you would shoot them with paintballs. Right. They had armor on, right? Yeah, they did. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, ow. Or right in the face. (laughs) No, they told them to just strip naked and start running. And open their mouths and run (laughs) at the bus. I naked, but like. (laughs) Strip naked and start running. And scream (laughs) with your mouth open as wide as you can so you can catch as many paintballs in your mouth. Whoever catches the most wins. Whoever catches the most gets a bonus. Bonus. You could use that to go to the emergency room with. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm imagining haunted laser tag being like the rides at uh, Disneyland and there were some at Carowinds where you get in a little trolley or a little cart and it takes you around and you like shoot at the little targets. I feel like you just walking, I mean? you would like just walk through. I know, but this with is a gun. what I'm imagining in my head. Right. I like it. I, I think we need to make this a thing. Right. <laughs> haunted laser tag. Haunted laser tag. Patent pending. Next Halloween. Patent pending. <laughs> Nobody stole that idea. Oh, one of the other things I did want to mention for, uh, yes, I know, (laughs) uh, for Fright Dome and the Goratorium was, uh, all of the celebrities that would come through, which was even more fun. I got to scare David Copperfield. That was one. 
Good. Um, <laughs> yes, good. Vivian does not like ice. him. I don't. I don't either. It's quite all right. He made us all stay after, yeah. after closing. Ugh. Because he didn't want to walk through because, oh my God, I'm so famous. Gross. Fuck him. Yeah. It's but gross. Vanilla Ice was actually really nice. His friends were <laughs> rowdy as shit, but he apologized to me. Did did something, something grab, grab a hold, hold of him, him tightly? tightly? <laughs> I've had it with both of you. <laughs> I have fucking had it. <laughs> no, he was actually a sweetheart. Um, Holly Madison walked through and seemed just kind of unimpressed with everything. Yeah, I, I kind right. of expected I expected that. Uh, Stevie Wonder was another good one, which, okay, I know what you're all thinking. Stevie Wonder walking through a haunted house. His family was there. I scared his daughter. Oh, that's cool. That was fun. Vinnie Paul, uh, back when Vinnie Paul Pantera. was, uh, rest in peace. Rest in Vinnie peace, Paul. Vinnie. That was a, that was a hard one. Uh, he came through the Goratorium. Ooh, but, uh, one of my, f- actually, I've got a couple more for the Goratorium. Uh, I'll mention my favorite last uh justin bieber and selena gomez came through and we were all pissed because he had told everybody to say that rob zombie was coming because he didn't figure yeah he didn't figure we would all be into it if he was coming like we don't care we just want to scare some people right you're like i'm here to scare people yeah. i don't give exactly. a shit who they are. especially i don't, give, I don't care who you are yeah <laughs> but he was walking with eli roth and was crying the whole time <laughs> like, help, me, help me eli help me yeah, eli's probably looking at him like get the fuck off me like, bitch. bitch get off me but my favorite one uh so one of the gag rooms that i was in was a salon and uh it has somebody standing on one side of a wall to be the head and then the body that was sitting in the salon chair, along with uh, the killer of the room, who uh, is played by Stacia Randall, who's actually one of the uh, tour guides at the Haunted Museum. Ooh. Shout out to Stacia. You don't remember me, but I remember you. <laughs> you left a very lasting impression. <laughs> um, yeah, she was the uh, the killer of the room, and she was just incredible. But moving on, I was the body. And she decided to go ahead and uh, bind my ankles together with nylon stockings and paint my toenails red, like, really haphazardly. So it just looked all bad and awful. And, and like, I, I was being tortured, basically. Mm-hmm. And the gag is she reaches over and grabs the person's head and pulls up so it looks like she's decapitating me. And I'm just, like, just kind of supposed to twitch. And mm-hmm. the head's supposed to scream and then die. <laughs> but... Marilyn Manson came through with Eli Roth. Oh, God. And we did our whole little bit. And I can't see anything. I'm actually under this, like, cloth. So I can't see what's going on. I just feel something touch my left foot. So I start... I've I've got ticklish feet. (laughs) (laughs) So I start wiggling my foot around. And then... You know, he moves on and everything. And Stacia takes the uh, the sheet off of me and she goes, did somebody just touch your foot? It's like, yeah, someone did. She's like, that was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so fun fact, me being a part of the horror scene got my foot touched by Marilyn there Manson. So that I will put on resumes for the rest of my life. She will put that on her tombstone. I will. Here lies Lauren. Her foot was touched, touched by, by Marilyn Manson. Manson. You will never be as cool as that. <laughs> I do brag about it a lot, and I'll usually hold up my left foot and go, it was this one. It was, it was, it was this, this foot. foot. It was this foot. You can also put, like, really tiny underneath that. I also filed my nail on a gargoyle. Yes, also once filed her nail on a gargoyle. Too spooky for you. Too spooky to live. <laughs> That's about all I've got. Which is why I'm dead. Which is why I'm dead. Oh. <laughs> so spooky, I'm dead. <laughs> Get on my level. Outspook me. <laughs> 
Well, now that we've gotten a bit of personal history from each one of us, let's get into a brief overview of the history of Las Vegas itself. The prehistoric history of the area was one, ironically enough, that of a marsh with lots of water and vegetation. The rivers that created the marsh eventually retreated underground and the water receded. Damn water being a dick. I could own the joint. Water dick. <laughs> water water dick mender. My my brain just took those two words and put them together. Like water dick? Water dick? Water? Is that like a water pick? But not but water with a pe- pick. But with a penis. <laughs> Side note, you said water bender. I would love to be a water bender. Because I would be a blood bender. Oh, I would. Yeah. I would one hundred percent own that. I would be a blood bender and everyone would look sideways at me, but no one would fuck with me ever. True. Like because you would just turn sorry, you, you would pussy. just turn them inside out. I would. Oh god, that is like my ideal superpower. Just, <laughs> just all the just <laughs> she would just like squish them like Capri Suns and just like everywhere. Oh no, uh, all out of Capri Suns. I broke another one. <laughs> Mama, I need another plaything. This one broke too easily. Add that to our haunted laser tag. <laughs> right. <laughs> the valley without water soon evolved into an arid desert. Native Americans, nomadic Paleo-Indian tribes, were the first visitors to Las Vegas, coming to the area about 10,000 years ago. Anasazi and Paiute tribes followed about 2,000 years ago in the national park area known as the Valley of Fire. A Mexican scout named Rafael Riviera has been credited as the first non-native to encounter the valley in 1829. Antonio Armijo, a trader, led a 60-man expedition along the Spanish Trail to Los Angeles, California that same year. They called the area Las Vegas, which in Spanish means the meadows, as it was home to abundant wild grasses as well as several desert springs that were necessary to travelers. 1844 marked the arrival of John C. Fremont, whose writings helped to draw other pioneers to the area. Fremont Street in downtown Las Vegas is named after him. And after me. My name is Fremont. It is not. My name is Fremont. It's false. It has been said. Who is is Koval named after? (laughs) Somebody very, 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 very unfortunate. Very troubled. (laughs) Very troubled. Very troubled soul. Watch well, if they were like actually night. the happiest person in the world. Right. <laughs> that'd be that'd be that'd be fucked up for eight ways from Sunday. But it was it's always I always thought it was funny because on CSI Vegas, the Vegas one, the original, mm-hmm. it was always like something was happening. Well, first of all, most of it they didn't film here anyway, which was really dumb. Right. But when they did film stuff, it was always like Tropicana and Koval, which was apparently the epicenter of all crime in Vegas. And I no mean... matter what time of the day it was, it was always night. On that intersection. (laughs) It could be three in the afternoon on the strip, which is one street away, daylight, middle of afternoon, cross over to Tropicana and Koval, midnight. Night. (laughs) Nothing like pitch black. Then you just walk backwards onto the next street and there there's the sun again. A crackhead goes skittering by like a cockroach. (laughs) (laughs) Got any crack? (laughs) Got any crack? So really you could just be like daytime, nighttime, daytime, nighttime, daytime. (laughs) What you doing? Play a game of daytime, nighttime. You want to play? No. I'd rather play Xbox. (laughs) Nighttime. Daytime. (laughs) Eleven years later, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints chose Las Vegas as the place to build a fort, halfway between Salt Lake City and Los Angeles, where they would travel for supplies. The fort was abandoned several years later, and the remains of it can be seen at the intersection of Las Vegas Boulevard and Washington Avenue. 
which is on the way to Cashman. It so is. if you're mm. going for a lights game, you can, can see it. You can detour and see the old Mormon fort. <laughs> Why? <laughs> she, when we were doing a pre-record, Jade goes, I was wondering what was there. And I went, old Mormons. It's called the old Mormon fort. <laughs> <laughs> old Mormons. <laughs> what else would be there? Well, yeah, because I think still the there. sign doesn't say Mormon. I think it just says like, I thought old it did. Fort of Vegas or something like that. I thought like it that. said Old Mormon Fort, but I don't know. It's been a while since I've been down to the Cashman area. So, Founded as a city in 1905 and incorporated as a city in 1911, the land adjacent to the Union Pacific Railroad tracks was auctioned into what would become the downtown area, which those railroad tracks are still there. They still run uh, kind of parallel to downtown. You will still see trains once in a while go down them. They're all freight, no passenger trains. Mm. There used to be, fun story, Back in the day, when we lived here in the 80s, um, the Union Plaza had a restaurant or it was backed up against the train terminal. And you actually did still have passenger trains coming through at that time. So Amtrak trains would come through there. People would get on and off the train. It wasn't like a super popular way to travel, but you did still see some passenger trains where now it's all freight trains. That's really cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I wish we had more trains in the U.S. Not Maybe not like... Chugga chugga choo choo trains, but like <laughs> chugga chugga choo choo trains. Chugga chugga choo choo trains. Yeah, but the trains like they have in uh, like a bullet train. Yeah, like oh, okay. they have in Japan uh, okay. or Ireland. Like I really love the dart when I was in Ireland. Anyhow, 1931 was a seminal year for Las Vegas. This was the year that Nevada legalized casino gambling and reduced residency requirements for divorce to six weeks. Woo. Yay! Divorce! <laughs> Yay, divorce! This was the same year that construction began on the Hoover Dam. The influx of construction workers and their families helped the town avoid economic calamity during the Great Depression. Construction of the dam was completed 95 lives and four years later in 1935. Ouch. Yep, there were a lot of people that died. There's a few people buried in it. Yeah, actually. Still, still there. Yep. Yeah, it's also one of the most haunted places in las vegas it is so. one of that is true if you take the damn tour the damn tour Hoover dam. the damn, the damn, damn, damn tour. Tour. yeah they they kind of <laughs> mention that the damn damn <laughs> is this a goddamn? no <laughs> <laughs> sorry that is actually a uh, beavis and butthead do america <laughs> which uh, has a very big part in las vegas yeah it is mm-hmm. In 1941, the Las Vegas Army Air Corps Gunnery School was established, now known as Nellis Air Force Base, which uh, we've, I think we've all been. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we have all For air been. shows, a couple air shows. Mm-hmm. It's uh, located in far northern Las Vegas and Yay! is home to the... <laughs> Yay! Northern Las Vegas! <laughs> it's uh, home to the famed aerobatic team called the Thunderbirds. Following World War II, lavishly decorated hotels and casinos, many of which were funded and built by the Chicago and New York Mafia, were synonymous with the city. Names like Benjamin Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky were well known. I like it, see? Yeah, see? There's a couple of wise guys, eh? Aw, good feathers, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Why did they call him Bugsy? Was it because of his eyes? No. (laughs) It wasn't because because he had... Although he did get shot in the eye, and that's how he died. That's true, which that would be perfect. Um, Someone put a bullet through his eye. Uh, No, he was called Bugsy because that was slang back then for crazy. And no one also called that to to his So because of his eyes. I mean, I don't know if he had crazy (laughs) eyes. He looks normal in pictures. It wasn't like he had like freaking like bugged out eyes or like cartoony eyes. His eyes looked kind of normal, but... Apparently, he had a really bad temper, 
and also why nobody called him Bugsy to his face. Right. Nobody that lived to, to, tell, to, the to tell. tell the story. <laughs> Maybe he got crazy as when he got angry. <laughs> that tends to happen. Also, also Bugsy is a better nickname than old crazy eyes. <laughs> True. Or creepy. It doesn't. Or, or creepy. Creepy. creepy it like doesn't. From episode one. I mean, Bugsy is a much more of a mobster, like nickname than old crazy eyes McGillicuddy over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to go through Bugsy. Like, yeah, that's it, fine. yeah, that's fine. Go talk to Bugsy about more that rather than go talk to crazy eyes McGillicuddy. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say that nobody was ever called nicknamed a gangster was never n- nicknamed crazy eyes. Perhaps McGillicuddy. I hope <laughs> Baby Legs O'Herlan. <laughs> Wheelbarrow Tim. <laughs> Small fingernail beds, Bill. <laughs> J- Jimmy the Hook. They always had like names like that. Fun story, town I grew up in, which we'll go over later in a future episode. Mm. A lot of Italians in the town. Everybody had a nickname like that. Everyone was like Jimmy the Knees Scongeli or something like that. It's <laughs> Swear to God. This is such a judgy town. Like, God, you can't look different <laughs> at all without not. getting a fucked up nickname. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Nancy Crooked Nose. <laughs> Ouch. No. That's so funny. I was just thinking about a nose thing to say. <laughs> you beat me to it, and it's so much better than anything I would have come up with. <laughs> Frankie the Nostril, nostril Rotelli. <laughs> just one nostril. <laughs> just a giant hole in his face. Betty Cockeye. <laughs> Betty Cockeye Widowmaker. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that was actually Betty Crocker's real name. Ooh. Betty Cockeye? Yeah. <laughs> just, she changed it. She just changed it. Stage name. Stage name. Please <laughs> welcome to the stage, Betty Cockeye. <laughs> so back to our history. Yes. In the 1950s, the hotel casino Moulin Rouge became the first racially integrated property in Vegas. It did stay empty for a very long time. It sat empty. Um, they were trying to get it named a historical landmark. I do you think they finally did because it did catch on fire at one point and almost completely burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're trying to restore it and reopen it. They never have quite reopened it, but I think they did finally succeed in getting it named a historical landmark, which is very cool. It has very cool art inside. Um, in 1951, nuclear testing began at the Nevada test site, which is 65 miles northwest of the city. I've been out there for a school field trip. I stuck my head behind a radioactive curtain, and there you have it. And here she is. The final piece of the later. puzzle. <laughs> I don't know so what much. you're talking about. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> is anyone else's eyeballs melting? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Save me. Uh, that's a visual gag. It's too we bad you didn't see it. it. We, we won't. We're, <laughs> we're not going to touch on eye. that. <laughs> Las Vegas earned the nickname the Atomic City. Residents and visitors were able to witness the mushroom clouds and came to the town to attend viewing parties for these above ground tests and also be witness to the fallout that happened after the tests. Fun. Yay, cancer. Huzzah! <laughs> That's family fun for the whole family. Until you get a tumor. <laughs> Atomic Liquors, a bar located in the heart of downtown Las Vegas, is one of the original bars that hosted these parties and claims to be the oldest bar in Vegas. There's a time capsule on the floor there. It's very cool. That's cool. awesome. I've never actually been. Well, I have no need to. I don't right. I don't drink. But you can go check it out for historical purposes. Yeah, it's, I would like to. It's a very cool bar. Back when we had a... Uh... It used to be a liquor store, which is why it's called Atomic Liquors. Okay. It used to be a store at the time and a bar outside. And that's where people would watch the tests from. We used to have a bar here called uh, The End, and it was like a zombie bar. And I don't drink, but I, I went and I ate their pizza. It was amazing. And I miss them. <laughs> They're in Arizona now. So if you're in Arizona, go find them. 
Go find him. <laughs> go get him, boy. Go get him. Go this find spooky him. show sent you. This spooky show sent you. They'll be like, what? They'll be like, who? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> she ate your pizza once. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Three times. <laughs> Four times. Five times. <laughs> Takes a long, hard look at Randy. <laughs> We do have fun. We do have fun. (laughs) The late 50s into the 60s would see the corporate boom take on Sin City. Businessmen like Howard Hughes and Hank Greenspun would arrive in town to simultaneously legitimize the gaming business, while at the same time weeding out the corruption and criminal ties that had become all-consuming. The late 1970s into the 1980s saw an economic boom for the town which resulted in a massive population boom as well. The Mafia and Rat Pack style Old Vegas officially came to an end around 1989, which is referred to as the Mega Resort era. Huge properties and new faces in the gaming industry sought to make Las Vegas a much more commercialized and family-oriented destination, which, if you ask me, was dumb. I agree. We'll talk about that when I start talking about uh, Circus Circus. Uh, We'll talk about why family-friendly hotels were not always a good idea. It's a casino. Casino It's a 21 and over town. That's it. That's it. So I'm glad that they went back to the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas because that's when it went back to like we're marketing this town towards adults. That's who needs to be here. Sorry about it. Ooh, foreshadowing. Well, because they were like, oh, we're going to make it more family friendly. Let's put in things that families can't use. Well, and then they failed. They ultimately failed anywhere that tried to kind of do that thing. Like MGM had the theme park. They closed it. Like, any place that did that, like, Wet and Wild ended up closing on the Strip. They moved out off the Strip now. They're way off the Strip. But Mm -hmm. um, anywhere that tried to do that seemed to just kind of, like, it just bellied up. It didn't do well. Right. Like, take a hint. (laughs) Take a hint. Take a hint. hint. Maybe Maria. (laughs) This era was officially kicked off in 89 with the opening of the Mirage by casino magnate Steve Wynn. It was the first resort built with money from Wall Street. So just a different set of crooks. Basically. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) called the fuck out and and rightfully so (laughs) the popularity and flashiness of these mega resorts saw older landmark hotels and casinos who had witnessed the birth of the town bulldozed and demolished to make room for this new wave of sanitized corporate entertainment in 2012 zappos.com moved its headquarters into the former city hall building in downtown las vegas Tony Shea, CEO of Zappos, announced that he would be spearheading the downtown project, an effort to revitalize and rebuild the older, classic downtown Vegas, which had fallen into disrepair. And honestly, thank goodness he's doing this. I mean, a lot of people kind of complain that it's gentrification, and I can see that a little bit. However, downtown Vegas was in a bad way. It really like, was. Like, it really was. And it, it was still bad. is to an extent in certain parts. There are certain parts, yeah, that you still don't want to be after dark, but it's gotten a lot better. It really has. Like, it used to be a laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Like, people would come to Vegas and go, okay, so what do I need to see? And be like, huh, okay, you need to go and see this and, you know, yeah. see you never. Maybe. Or they'd be like, or like, don't go downtown. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. It's amazing what a fresh coat of paint will do. Mm-hmm. It, it really is looking great. So keep it up. <laughs> Uh, Many new businesses and bars opened under this initiative, and areas of the new downtown, like Fremont East and the Arts District, have become highlights of tourism and entertainment, much like the fabled strip itself. Now that you have a bit of background of where we all hang our proverbial and sometimes imaginary hats... I have an imaginary hat. I have an imaginary hat, too. What color (laughs) is your imaginary hat? All the colors. I don't know. It's imaginary. (laughs) I can't see it. It's invisible. (laughs) 
It's invisible color. Yes, it's invisible color. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into some of the more macabre stories and seedy underbellies of some of the most haunted places that Las Vegas has come to offer. So first on our list of haunted places in Vegas, the Westgate Hotel. Formerly known as the International Hotel and more famously the Las Vegas Hilton, this is one of the reported haunting sites of the most famous ghost of all. Not Santa. Elvis. <laughs> Santa's a ghost? Santa Duh, died? Know that. Oh my god. Oh my god. I should send flowers. <laughs> <laughs> now he, he prefers bits of candy cane. Oh, he's not getting shit then. <laughs> you get flowers I, or you get nothing. You get flowers or nothing. Yeah, he prefers candy cane. Yeah, well, well, I eat those, so he ain't getting nothing. <laughs> you can't have my candy canes. Fuck you, fuck you, Santa. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you get cold. What else will I make into a candy shiv around the holidays? Yeah, <laughs> by making it nice and pointy. But no, it's uh, <laughs> the most famous ghost of all, which is Elvis Presley. Beginning in July of 1969 and lasting for the next seven years, Elvis was a regular performer there and became a Las Vegas legend during that time. However, just because his residency ended, that doesn't mean he left the building. Oh, uh, God. Uh, you see what I did there? Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't... You sit the fuck down. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> Quincy, try to leave. <laughs> Where the hell are you going? Sit the hell down. <laughs> I don't like that suddenly my puns are being stolen. I don't like now that the shoe's on the other foot. The blue suede shoe, if it were. Oh, my God. (laughs) And that's when I dove out the window. And that's when the podcast disbanded. (laughs) Quincy committed seppuku. Oh, that's how we can do it. Just tell him enough bad puns. We're just do nothing but tell horrible, horrible puns until we don't have to do anything. You just kill yourself. It only works when they're about my boy Elvis. So instead of... uh, Living Viva Las Vegas, you'd be living La Vida Loca and jumping out the window. Or not living. But that's done. <laughs> just to do a very long extended sigh into the mic. Just. <sighs> I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm also very proud of the uh, left to the building pun. <laughs> so getting back onto my, my story here. Many people have reported seeing Elvis's ghost hanging around the showroom and the upper floor hallways, but his favorite place to hang out seems to be the elevator leading to the green room, which even in life was his favorite place in the world to be. This is one of the haunted places in Las Vegas that doesn't really have much of a sad backstory, which, believe me, is rarer than you would think. Elvis simply enjoyed his time here so much that he never wanted to leave, and to this day, people claim to see his spirit and feel his presence when visiting the hotel. They never say anything about it being a malicious spirit, nothing like that. They just feel jolly around him. That was not another Santa reference. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, yes, it would you was. say that he goddamn couldn't goddamn help falling in love with Vegas? Get out. out. A hunk of hunk of burning love for Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but so then he had to down. leave because it was in the ghetto <laughs> so my dad worked at the hilton for 20 almost 30 years 25 years and he had been up to the suite where um because elvis had a suite there mm-hmm. in the rooms and he'd been up there a couple times he said first of all he said it was huge i don't think he remembered he ever remember said that he saw anything um but 
it was it was something that did go around that people talked about like people had worked there for years and years when it was the international and things like that after the fact mm-hmm. that they remembered they mentioned seeing a few things right it's actually uh it's kind of funny that she mentioned how big the suite was uh because nowadays so it did used to be a massive suite mm-hmm. and they've actually i don't want to say combined them they've actually broken it down they broke it into... down into multiple suites exactly yeah. So I did see that in my research and it's like, oh, maybe I should mention that because now all of those rooms are haunted. Right. Yeah, it used to be all one massive suite for just for Elvis. As far um, as like hauntings go, though, that's how you do it. That was a really happy ghost. Yeah. I mean, he gets around. He's been seen at Graceland. He's been seen at uh, the Westgate. And mm-hmm. apparently he's been seen at Heartland Mansion here. So Elvis's ghost is busy. Oh, yeah. yeah the afterlife keeps him busy. He's on tour still. Elvis the friendly <laughs> ghost. <laughs> So our next stop on our haunted tour is going to be uh, Bally's, the Bally's Hotel Casino, which is the former site of the original MGM Grand. Um, On November 21st, 1980, the former MGM Grand Hotel and Casino at the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Road experienced a tragic and fatal fire. That was also eight days before I was born coincidence i don't think so i think not (laughs) the fire which started inside a restaurant known as the deli quickly spread to the lobby fed by wallpaper pvc piping glue and plastic mirrors damn the fire spread at such a rapid pace that a massive fireball blew out of the main entrance onto the strip jeez yeah out through the front doors Okay, I'm sorry. That's awful, but what an amazing visual that would have been. They call, and if there's pictures of it online, um, if you look it up, there's a lot of photos of it still from it. And it was yeah, the fire was was bad. God. Like we didn't live here at the time, um, but it was a pretty famous incident. Like it was pretty bad. And Michael Bay is quaking right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally. From the time the fire was first noticed, it only took six minutes for the entire building to be engulfed. It spread across areas of the casino in which no fire sprinklers were installed. Wow. (laughs) This is before um, they actually didn't want to do it. So apparently it wasn't required of fire code at Mm -hmm. the time, but the uh, casino skipped out on doing it to save money, but decided to still install complete full marble floors. Was it worth it? Yeah, I guess probably not because they ended up paying (laughs) millions and millions of dollars worth of damage and reconstruction right so lesson learned folks just stop skimping on costs Mm -hmm. for safety for safety uh 18 people died of at the casino level of the hotel the burning material from downstairs caused plumes of toxic fumes and smoke to rise into the hotel tower via the elevator shafts and seismic joints a proper evacuation of the guests was hindered due to the fact that there was no automatic means to return the elevators to the main floor downstairs during a fire which resulted in 10 deceased victims being found in one of the elevators. See? See? Elevators. I knew you were going to say something about elevators. <laughs> elevators. Elevators are the devil. But what about the stairs? The stairwell doors to each floor also locked behind when you closed them, which was a safety feature that hindered attempts to escape. Aww. The only two exits off of the stairwell were on the first floor, which was completely consumed by flames, and all the way at the top, opposite <laughs> end, on the 26th top floor. Well, no one that went into the stairwells to escape survived. Everybody in the stairwells that tried to get out died. Uh, I, uh, Jesus. Meanwhile, now, like, you see signs everywhere that's yeah, like, yeah. in case of fire, use, use the, stairs. the stairs. Firefighters reported having to crawl over, quote-unquote, mounds of stuff in their efforts to extinguish the fire. 
It was later determined that the mounds were, in fact, the bodies of deceased guests and staff near an elevator bank. Ooh, that's dark. The tragic fire ultimately claimed 85 victims. Seven of them were employees. Most of them dying not as a result of burning on the lower floors, but of smoke inhalation and carbon monoxide poisoning on the upper floors of the hotel. Survivors were airlifted off the roof of the burning property by helicopters that had been quickly scrambled by Nellis Air Force Base. Others were rescued by long cranes from fire trucks. The evacuation of the building took close to four hours to complete. Although the, the fire was put out relatively quickly, but still to get everyone out, there were 5,000 people in the hotel at the time of right, the fire. Get out. And this was in the morning. This was at like seven in the morning that this fire broke Damn. out. So a lot of people died in their sleep. Oh, I mean, I guess yeah. that's a good way to go in that situation. Yeah. But have to. yeah. The hotel, which was originally built in 1973, was repaired and improved after the disaster, including the additions of sprinklers and fire systems throughout the property, oh. which was a major change to the Nevada Fire Code. Actually, five days later, after the MGM fire, there was a fire at the Las Vegas Hilton, which killed five people, <laughs> which they were like, all right, fuck this. We're done. Everybody has to have sprinklers. It's Nevada is so strict with fire code now because of these two things. Like you, they have fire systems everywhere. Well, it gets great. so hot here. Yeah. Like it's basically just walking into an oven to come to Las Vegas. The fires are going to happen. You need. Safety. I mean, and it was an electrical fire that, uh, that started. Okay. But it was just because the fire code was so lax because they weren't really enforcing it. Cause it was casinos that were like kind of left to do what they wanted. Cause mm-hmm. they I make so much I money. Want. But now the, the fire code here is so strict. Right. Because of this reason. The property was eventually sold to Bally's Entertainment, which changed the name of the hotel casino to Bally's Las Vegas. The tower in which most of the deaths occurred is still in use today. Is it bad that I, if I made a room to stay there, I would want to be like, hey, can I have a room can in I have that a room tower? room on the, high, the tower? That, yeah. It has report, been reported by employees and guests that they have seen the spirits of some of those who perished in the fire roaming the halls of the hotel and haunting the employee restrooms. I don't know why the restrooms, but maybe the restrooms were near, like, the backside of the old part of the hotel. Oh, maybe. Maybe, like, the employees are haunting the employees. And that could be that seven of the people who died were employees. Right. They're like, what the fuck is this shit? And, like, that's, if I have a job If I died at work, oh, bitch. Oh, and I have to stay there for the rest of my afterlife. Oh, fuck me. Ugh. But, I mean, on the bright side, like, if I have a job I hate, I'm going and hiding in the bathroom for a little while. Or maybe, so, he, like, maybe in panic, somebody did actually go hide in the bathroom and maybe Maybe, maybe that's why know. they returned. Right. Um, sounds of unexplainable and sourceless weeping and coughing have also been heard in the original tower where most of the deaths happened. Employees have also reported seeing a group of ghosts who walk around together, perhaps still seeking an exit from the building where they met a tragic end. Makes me really sad. I was also told that there were lions at the original one, that they had some lions there. Now, they they did have lions at the new MGM when they built, they rebuilt the MGM right. further up the street. Um, I was told that as a kid, that there were lions and one of the lions died in the fire. Uh-huh. But upon Googling such a thing, I could find none of that. So okay. I'm pretty sure it was bullshit. Good. Okay, good. That that might just be one of those. I can things. handle like, eighty five people I, I, I feel like it Not was one lion. Yeah. Like, I feel no. like it was part of like an urban legend mm. that it didn't actually happen. Gotcha. Okay. Oof. I can promise ish that this will be my <laughs> last Elvis pun. Um, I was really trying to hold it in, but I can't. When you said the elevators were the devil, oh no! <laughs> I uh, wanted to ask if 
it was a devil in disguise. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. I wish you could see how tight I was gripping the microphone right now to she, keep she is, her. She is white knuckled right now. Like, that's intense. I'd run if I were you. I mean, I would, but then who's going to talk about Bonnie Springs Ranch? Who is? Who is? Who indeed? Literally either of you could. <laughs> As Quincy over here is pantomiming killing himself. Yeah, well, don't worry. We'll do that for you. It's fine. 86, yeah. <laughs> so in 1843, Bonnie Springs Ranch was built as a rest stop for wagon trains that were passing through on their way to California. It wasn't until 1958 that the ranch became the tourist spot that we have come to remember it as. Bonnie McGaw and Al Levinson opened the ranch up as a tourist attraction, fit with stables, a petting zoo, and a restaurant. They even replicated an 1880s mining community to make the ranch feel more, quote, authentic in Old Town. Bonnie and Al were the OG hipsters. Basically. <laughs> really. Pretty much. Uh, they were bringing back old things to make them cool again, like vinyl and record players. God damn it, Midnight Man. <laughs> Not again, Midnight Man. You make Fuck fun of Midnight one ghost, man. god damn it. <laughs> Later on, Bonnie and Al restored buildings from the surrounding communities, adding a bona fide saloon, shops, a wax museum, a wedding chapel, and a replica of an old schoolhouse to the ranch. What was once a pit stop on the way to bigger and better things had really turned into a massive attraction. I'm sure it wasn't all great. I mean, a lot of people came out, so I'm sure it was very crowded. We live in a desert, which is about five degrees shy of hell. People were drinking, getting married, probably to one of the wax figures in the museum. So it was basically like Disneyland. Pretty much. It was fun. I went out there a bunch. Oh, yeah. Same. I used to go horseback riding out there. Used to go with uh, my grandmother. And my favorite part of everything was seeing the peacocks because it sounded like they were like up in the trees screaming for help. It wasn't the, the hanging show. I loved that. The hanging. Oh my gosh. My entire family was like disturbed by it and I just sat there like, like, when's the next show? <laughs> when are we going to do this <laughs> I again? I want to watch it again. I only went twice. Uh, once we kind of showed up, fed some animals and left. We didn't stay very long. The next time was when they were fresh into doing their Halloween thing and it was terrible. Oh. It was pretty bad. That's unfortunate. Uh, actually, it got better after that, but it was pretty rough at the beginning. It was a rough thing. I did meet the uh, second grandpa for the monsters when they brought the monsters back. Oh, okay. And they, yeah, I met that grandpa, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> when I they did Bonnie, I've never been. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just I've never been. Oh, <laughs> so fun fact: Disneyland had actually opened three years earlier. The more you know, the more you know. You don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know jack shit. No, when they did uh, what's it called? Bonnie screams. Didn't they use like? leaf blowers or something (laughs) okay so you have to ride a train in from the parking lot and the year i went they had people standing off in the bushes from the train they're supposed to run up and scare you while you're on the train these people were men in cargo shorts and t-shirts who all looked like that neighbor that you're like this guy's gonna come talk to me that sounds pretty scary and they came running up with leaf blowers and then would saunter back to their position in the bush and wait for the next train oh wow (laughs) At least we at Fright Dome, we used uh, chainsaws, like legit chainsaws. We had gasoline for them and everything. Garbage day. <laughs> Garbage day. <laughs> anyway, back to the haunting. 
Many people have conducted paranormal investigations at the ranch. Some have reported seeing a ghost of a schoolgirl playing around the schoolhouse. The merry-go-round at the front of the school was also reported to turn on its own with no other explanation. Others have also reported seeing an old man roaming the ranch, but he was described as, quote, finicky and preferred to be left alone. Relatable. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Get off my ranch! (laughs) I'm Persnickety Jones, and get off my ranch! Persnickety Jones. Persnickety Jones. Trademark. I'm Finicky Frank. And stay away from my Christmas water. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. This is my sin tub. I know I joked earlier about drunk tourists getting married to some of the figures in the wax museum, but could it have really happened? Witnesses have claimed to see the wax figures move around on their own and even to appear as though they were breathing. So is this house of wax? Padalecki. I mean. <laughs> okay, so actually, fun fact on that. When we went, um, we were completely blown off when we had head of the line passes and everything. So we went and complained. And so we got a private tour through the uh, wax museum with the lights off, which is basically just hoping you don't run into shit and then walking out the other end. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Excuse. Oh, excuse me, sir. Oh, you're not real. Why am I still talking to you? <laughs> no, nice hair. Of, nice hair. of wax with padaleckies. Oh, goodness. I got... What did I start? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she's getting the... She, Lordy, she's getting the vapors. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Supposedly, the staff of the park had to nail the displays down because they moved around so often. Ouch. If they're actually moving around and you just nailed them down, they're they're probably not too happy about (laughs) that. That probably hurts. All I'm picturing is like like nailing one of the hands down to like, and you stay there, sir, and it's just like this muffled... (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking very Wizard of Oz. Oil can. Oil can. Oil can. (laughs) Overall, these hauntings seem to be pretty benign. The worst being a grumpy old man or... Waking up to owing alimony to a replica of John Wayne. (laughs) The Duke. The Duke. Not all of Bonnie Springs' paranormal visitors were harmless, though. Within the opera house, people have reported a dark shadow figure following them around. Some of them have even captured some pretty disturbing EVPs from within the building. I'm pretty sure I'm not alone in this, but I, for one, would have loved to see the ranch to see what sort of spooky happenings we could come across. Unfortunately, Bonnie Springs Ranch will not be on the list of places for the ghoul babes to investigate. Why not? Because it closed down permanently in March of this year. Womp womp. Some bullshit. I agree. To make room for what? More houses. Fuck y'all. Really? Is that what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are going to be some haunted ass houses. Yeah, the whole idea is a housing and shopping district out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yep. Near... Protected land. Yeah, near BLM land. That's, Great. That's bullshit. Oh, no, more than BLM, a full-on national park Yeah, because it's near Red Rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit. All that wild and a natural, Well, and a natural habitat for the burrows and wild horses. Right, which isn't there. fair to them at all. They're not going to know what's happening. They're well, not and just understand. like you're taking away something that's historic and has meaning and adds color to the city to put fucking houses we don't um, need more people in Vegas. We're full. Yeah, we're full. Go, fuck y'all. Go away. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck y'all. Side note, though, with that opera house, like, I'd have fallen for that, and I would have been that ghost victim, because I'm, I'm an operatically trained singer. I have to visit the opera house. 
<laughs> I'm pre- I'm pretty sure all they saw was the the guy playing the the villain with the boo hiss cape. <laughs> boo hiss. hiss. Boo. boo. Hiss. I'm pretty sure that's because I mean it was like black shadowy figure. He had a black cape and a top hat on. Yeah. I don't know. I was in the opera house a bunch, and I don't remember seeing anything. But then again, I also was really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> You're just like, okay. You're like, I want to go back great. to the petting zoo. I'm Mom. like, take me back. I was like, take me back to the hanging again. <laughs> what time's the next hanging show? Everyone's like, why is she scratching herself like that? <laughs> Please get that kid out of here. You take her right away. <laughs> I need the hanging. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> so then, next on the list is actually probably one of the scariest places on this list. Mm. It's a middle school. We've Ew. all been to middle school, and we all know how scary it can be. Del H. Robinson Middle School. So imagine graduating from the fifth grade and going into middle school. You're changing schools for the very first time. Maybe you're moving to a new area away from all the friends you made in elementary school, or maybe you aren't. Either way, you're being thrown into a brand new scary situation. The hallways seemed longer, less brightly colored, and the colorful student-made artwork that canvassed the walls at your old school is gone in favor of lists of rules and schedules. Even the food has a bitter, disappointing taste of, you're getting older and everything is changing. Ugh. Ugh. But I remember in middle school and in high school, we had, I don't want to call out any brands by name, but a very specific pizza brand. And I have lost my taste for that pizza brand ever since. Mm. I miss like elementary school and middle school pizza. Oh, I don't know. know why. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Can't relate. I mean, I don't know what <laughs> Vegas middle school and elementary school pizza was, but we didn't have any of that at my school. Oh, well. <laughs> South Carolina pizza was pretty good. I oh. went to a religious school. We just had penitence and wanting. <laughs> Clasp your hands in contrition yeah. and pray for and food. And pray maybe for food. Get it. <laughs> maybe, maybe the Lord will send you some. And two drops of holy water. He never did. Here's some bread, my child. <laughs> but all that being said, imagine how much worse it would be if, in addition to all that, your new school was actually haunted. <laughs> no, this isn't just the premise for a coming-of-age children's novel. For the children attending Dell H. Robinson Middle School, it's all too real. Pregnant pause. Boost Pregnant bumps. pause. <laughs> Many students claim that the ghost of a man haunts the school and targets new students. Not much is known about the man other than he was once a janitor. How they figured that out is a mystery to me. I didn't see anything about that in my, my studies. But as the stories go, if a new student sees the ghost of the janitor... He will haunt them. Several students in several different incidences have reported being followed home by a janitor with bloody hands. The children all say he vanished the moment they reached their homes, but that was far from the end of their terror. Children reported seeing this very same man tormenting them in their dreams. Legend says he will haunt the students relentlessly, you're going to love this, until they attend church. <laughs> Seen the look on my face. Yeah. We really need to do like a visual episode. <laughs> it was just so, a snarl of distaste. Just, Basically, he was like Pennywise mixed with Freddy Krueger. That's what I was saying. Mixed like, with a priest? Yeah. Like, can, can, you with imagine, <laughs> can you imagine how dull the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise would be if they used the same method to rid themselves of Freddy Krueger? Like, I'm going to go to church now, Freddy. Okay, bye. 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 He's like, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. I just wanted somebody to attend church with me. 
<laughs> and movie's over and people went, what the fuck was that? End credits. We never got Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. There <laughs> would have been one. Dream I guarantee Warriors. you that. Yeah. There would have been no sequels. <laughs> None of that. But even non-religious families were taking their young middle school age children to church in an attempt to rid their lives of this scary ghostly figure. Really, they just want their kids to shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up and and go go to sleep. sleep. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Uh, Shut the fuck up and go to sleep. (laughs) No, uh, what's I going to say about all that? Oh, yeah. So imagine it's not actually a ghost. Imagine that's actually a person. The cops need to be called. Like, first of Mm -hmm. all, this motherfucker's got blood all over his hands and he's following your children home from school. He's snatching your children up. <laughs> which is also why we can't go investigate that one either because it's a school yeah yeah they're not gonna let us on property to check out a school they're for obvious reasons they're definitely not gonna let us on school property and i don't want to go back i hated middle school i just hated school yeah, high school is okay for me just okay brings it to the end of my story about middle school So next location on our little haunted tour takes us into the more residential areas of Vegas. um, And we're going to discuss the La Palaza mansion. I thought we were going to talk about my house. No, (laughs) (laughs) not on this, not on this episode. Not yet. (laughs) Built in 1959 and previously owned by a reputed mobster who I couldn't find the name of. No matter how much I researched it, I couldn't find the person's name. I even looked into city assessor records and, the name that came up of the owner, I didn't recognize as a mobster. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. I don't know. But I was like, okay. All right. The home has sat empty since 2014. The house in the famed Scotch 80s neighborhood, which is in a very old area of town. It's off Charleston and uh, Rancho. In that kind of that back area. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Uh, it's been a host of many creepy occurrences due to the sketchy antics of the original owner. There are many secret rooms hidden on the property, including what was thought to be a quote-unquote murder room. Sounds fun. It was found behind a bookshelf in a ba- or a false wall in a bathroom. Um, the room was painted all white with only an industrial sink inside and brass towel rods on the wall, which was discovered by a s- subsequent owner, not the original owner. Mm. Uh, the sink was removed. Large blood stains were found behind and under it. Ew. Which is where they thought it was a murder room. So they would take people in there and beat the crap out of them or and or kill them and dismember them and rinse the blood because it was all that was in there. <laughs> God that damn. what like H.H. H. Holmes? Like, do you think they got that from H.H. H. Holmes? No, I think they got it from being mobsters. <laughs> I mean, just Fair. from being mobsters. Yeah, just from being mobsters. Doing mobster things. Doing mob you stuff, know. you know. Just mobster things. Rock mobster. So the house has traded hands a total of 12 times. Since the original owners occupied it in 1962, which isn't that kind of weird. It doesn't show residency until 62, but the house was built in 59. Yeah, there's something Aww. sketchy going on. Yeah. There. Many of these occupants only lasted a year in the house before selling it or abandoning it entirely. One of the more recent owners, Keith Resnick, in 2009, sold the property to Interstar Land Company a mere three months after purchasing it. He purchased the home for $340,000 and sold it to Interstar for $10. Jeez. Just just get it away from me. Exactly. (laughs) Just take this fucking... (laughs) Interstar's like, great. We made a deal. 
Oh, the no. property is currently listed on several real estate sites under its actual address, 1700 Banning Avenue. However, my research showed that it is currently listed as not showing by whoever whoever is looking to sell it or whatever real estate. It's like they're just mm-hmm. showing that it's not being shown. Kind of makes you wonder why. Yeah. Um, it is currently in possession by a living trust right now, um, but they there's no like there's no activity at the house also interesting story the houses around it were either um demolished or were sold within the next two years it was the house it's coming to life every single night when no one's watching it it's like growing these little chicken legs like baba yaga and, and like walking around <laughs> and walking around just demolishing all the houses and around it, other like, houses there can only be one of me it's like monster house kind of yes it's a girl house. <laughs> Popular paranormal <laughs> reality show Ghost Adventures did an investigation of the property in 2010. They interviewed two of the more recent owners, Chris Martinez and Nick Santucci. Chris and his girlfriend Heather reported seeing several spirits on the property, one of an older woman in large frame sunglasses and one of a large man in silhouette with long arms. Oh, no. <laughs> but due to the violent and dark nature of the house, it seemed that there were more than just these spirits who resided there. Former owners have spoken of a dark entity that inhabits the home, driving them to unexplainable rages and nightmares. On one Halloween night, Chris, Nick, and Heather, as well as other guests, were having a party. Chris became paranoid after dealing with the presence of this dark entity and decided to provoke it, which is always a good idea. Really? Fucking white people. Uh Yeah. Also, side note, Chris, Nick, and Heather sound like the three names for, like, every protagonist in a horror movie uh, ever. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> he also decided to pro- provoke it while brandishing a sword. Oh, Even honey. better idea. Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> a wine glass from an upper shelf slid across after he did this and fell to the floor, shattering into pieces. Chris then challenged the entity and soon found himself choked and unable to breathe. Well, if it's a row you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sh- throw fisticuffs, my good man. <laughs> my good man. Let's take this outside. Heather, no? well then. <laughs> even even creepier, Heather reported seeing the imprint of an invisible hand on Chris's throat. Ugh. Nick dragged Chris outside, and only there did he seem to be able to break away from the entity's grasp and breathe normally again. Like, wait, 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 I can't leave the house. I can't go that far. Ah, oh, shit. And it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> the Ghost Adventures hosts themselves encountered many strange incidents during the recording where their investigative equipment malfunctioned. It kind of just stopped working a few times. They also felt physical effects of ghostly presences like tingling and numbness. And their recording equipment picked up disembodied snarls and hissing, as well as picking up phrases like, you broke in here, kill her, and not that way. While the house currently remains empty and is in the hands of said living trust, there appears to be little movement to sell or to do really anything constructive with the property anytime soon. Probably for the best. Probably. What about uh, they also, saging it? They also found, I don't. I think there's not enough sage in Christendom. I don't think so, no. <laughs> Apparently there were also hidden rooms supposedly found, I think during that episode, or they were like located in that episode where they had guns in the rooms. Wow. So, yep. That is a crazy, that's a crazy one. But I mean, not surprising in Vegas that, you know, you have some old, there's, it's obviously probably not the only one, um, but house with a murder room is probably going to have some pretty you know fucked up shit in it so right like if a murder room's not enough for you well because i'm sure there's still mobster houses that are standing because i'm pretty sure tony spilatro's house is still standing and it has been sold a couple times and is is lived in um and in those old areas of vegas like the scotch 80s those houses were built during that time so Mm -hmm. you're gonna have some of those things 
still, you know, those houses still around. But this one just apparently has just a nasty dark entity that has kind of taken over the house. So, Yeesh. I mean, like a giant balloon. Uh, this should just turn it into a haunted house, in my opinion. I mean, that I was thinking I more that. of like yeah. the Hindenburg going across it, but then just dropping a bunch of holy water on it. Oh. Then I think the house would just cave in on itself like Amityville and just suck itself in and die. <laughs> like a house in Poltergeist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, gotcha. like the Poltergeist house just... <laughs> and when you said balloon, I was like... We're totally just gonna go there with a balloon that says "Get well soon" and just, <laughs> just drop it off. Stick it on the stick it on the door and be like, "Get better soon, okay, bye." Get and better soon, house. Be like, "Oh, that's the sweetest thing ever. Maybe we should cross over." <laughs> no one ever left us presents before. Why, thank you for the balloon. Neither that or they just follow us home and slaughter us. Or that yeah, probably. Or that. <laughs> that's more likely. Like, oh, you like balloons, huh? How would you like one shoved down your throat? <laughs> So you're up next, I think. I believe so. Uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is Circus Circus. Uh, I actually insisted I take this story myself, as it is the one that I have a personal history with, as I've previously talked about. Uh, I did mention I worked as a scare actor at Fright Dome. Uh, we were all told the stories of the hauntings of Circus Circus to explain why certain props would be in a different place than where we left them. And why, you know, strobe lights and fog machines would malfunction, despite being hooked up properly and working fine just a minute ago. God damn it. (laughs) Someone's not bitter. I'm not bitter. Uh, There really is no recorded number of deaths at Circus Circus. It's said that several people have, quote, fallen to their deaths from the windows, which is rumored to be attributed to mob activity. But the hauntings do seem to pile up. People have reported hearing screams and cries for help in the poker room, which I guess makes sense. Mm. (laughs) You know, a little bit. I lost all my money. Help me. (laughs) Help me. My baby's milk money. (laughs) That was going to buy groceries. (laughs) Uh, the, The poker room as well as room 203, where it's said that the calls for help begin as soft whimpers and whispers before rising to horrific blood curdling shrieks. Understandably, anyone who's heard the cries have checked out before the screams manifested into anything more violent and desperate, which is what I imagine it would continue to build and build and build. Mm -hmm. Uh, So no one quite knows what happens after that. There's also a story that three people were killed in the Circus Circus kitchen in one night. Uh, However, there haven't been many hauntings that could be attributed to this tale. It's just worth mentioning. However... The most famous story, and the one we working at Fright Dome were all told, is the story of room 123, where a distraught woman shot and killed herself and her young son in a murder-suicide. The ghosts of the mother and her son appear in and near the room, searching for their lost husband and father. People have embellished the story a bit to say that the woman's husband and boy's father was a dark-haired man named Robert, and anyone staying in that room with the name Robert will be hung from the ceiling. do we know any roberts no i don't know any roberts (laughs) and and if i did i probably wouldn't send him there i might yeah you know it's a theory worth (laughs) if it's a robert that i don't like (laughs) experiment time hey is your name robert send us a send us a dm (laughs) call in we're standing by (laughs) we're standing by now we'll buy you a room Uh, So while working at Fright Dome, I didn't experience too much physically. My props were always exactly where I left them, and my equipment 
maybe malfunctioned a little, but nothing too out of the ordinary, I would suppose. Uh, I did have an almost overwhelming feeling of dread wash over me every time I made my way up the stairs to get into our starting places. Despite really enjoying my job, I will also say that Industrial Road, which is the name of the road that led to the back employee area of Circus Circus, has a completely different feel to it than, say, Las Vegas Boulevard. Even to this day, driving down Industrial Road makes me feel unexplainably tense. I don't dream too often, but when I have dreams involving my time as a Fright Dome actor, they're always extremely vivid and carry with them the same palpable feeling of actually being there. I always wake up feeling like I was being watched, so I guess while I didn't experience any physical hauntings during my time there, it's safe to say that the heavy atmosphere surrounding Las Vegas' first family-friendly hotel has stayed with me for nearly a decade now. When, uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, When my mom and I were at uh, the daytime stage for iHeart just a couple weeks ago... Mm -hmm. When we were coming back, we had to cut through Circus Circus because of the lift and, like, rideshare spot is at the very, like, front. But we were at the back, so the only way to go was through the hotel. It felt so weird. It feels heavy. Yeah, I can't explain it aside from, like, I felt kind of, like, tense. Yeah. And then it lightened after we got outside. Okay, good. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. I just always attributed not liking that place because I hate clowns. And I hate that too. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you're a little biased on on that particular one. I hate the casino. As somebody who doesn't have a problem with clowns, I can tell you it's just a weird feeling. Just a weird feeling. Industrial Road in general has a very strange, different, like almost otherworldly feel to it. Like you feel like you're no longer in Vegas when you're driving on the road. It's real That's goofy true. feeling. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> kind of like Koval. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't go, like don't go there after dark or ever because it's dark all the time. Because <laughs> it's always dark. <laughs> so we're running out of time, unfortunately. Wah, wah. Yeah. Mm. So for the sake of time, we're going to be cutting Kyle Ranch out of today's podcast. But if you are still interested and want to listen to me talk about it, Head over to our Patreon. It'll be up there in the future, along with us talking about Fox Ridge Park and some other little spooky side stories. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to dive into Madame Tussauds Wax Museum downtown. Before we delve into one of the more popular tourist stops on the Strip, I think that it's important that we journey back into the late 1700s to find out who Madame Tussauds was and why so many have flocked to her wax museums. She was actually born Marie Tussaud in December of 1761 in Strasbourg, France. She and her mother moved to Bern, Switzerland when she was six years old. Her father had passed away many years prior in the Seven Years' War. While in Switzerland, Marie learned about wax modeling from her uncle, that's in quotes, Philippe Curtius, a doctor whom her mother was the housekeeper for. Curtius later moved to Paris to pursue his art, and when Marie and her mother joined him a year later, he began to teach Marie the art of wax modeling. She created her first wax figure, Voltaire, in 1777. She went on to create some of her most famous works, such as her models of Jean-Jacques Rousseau and Benjamin Franklin. She was also asked to create the death masks for those executed by guillotine, including Louis XVI, Marie Antoinette, 
and Robespierre during the French Revolution. When Curtius died in 1794, he left his collection to Marie. The following year, Marie married Francois Toussaint, a civil engineer, and the two went on to have three children, Joseph, Francois Jr., and a daughter who died after childbirth. Marie and Joseph went to London in 1802 to show her collection of portraits and was given the opportunity to show her work at the Lyceum Theatre. Because of the Napoleonic Wars, the two were unable to go back to France, so they traveled with Marie's collection throughout the British Isles. Francois Jr. joined his mother and brother in Great Britain in 1822. Francois Sr. stayed in France, and Marie never saw their husband again. Weird. Awful. Upsetting. Right? I'm like, you jerk. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever, jerk. (laughs) Fuck you, Francois Sr. Your name is Francois. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) You canceled. That's all we need to know about you. In 1835, Tussaud opened her first permanent exhibition on Baker Street within the Baker Street Bazaar. While she did not do well financially while she was alive, Marie Tussaud has a strong legacy and her museums have become popular tourist destinations all across the globe. After her retirement, Francois Jr. became the chief artist for her exhibition, followed by his son Joseph, and then followed by Joseph's son, John Theodore Tussaud. There are wax museums in Amsterdam, Beijing, Bangkok, Berlin, New York City, D.C., New Delhi, and, yes, Las Vegas. Woo! Las Vegas! Yay! (laughs) The Las Vegas Madame Tussauds was featured in an episode of Ghost Adventures on the Travel Channel. Woo! We'll talk about the show a lot. We do. (laughs) We do. They cover a lot of Vegas stuff. They do. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Especially since there's a museum here, which we'll get to later. We will. Ah, foreshadowing. (laughs) Zach Beggins and his small crew stayed a night in the museum after security guards claimed to have heard, quote, disembodied laughter and the sounds of glasses clinking. The Las Vegas branch of the museum is inside the Venetian, which was actually built where the old Sands Casino once stood. Sands Casino and the Copa Room were very popular at the time, Famous entertainers such as the Rat Pack, Ella Fitzgerald, and Judy Garland performed at the Copa Room. They did. They did. I have a poster from that. <laughs> the nightclub was also well known for its showgirls, the quote, Copa Girls. Copa Girls. Yes. They were the original Fanta Girls. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> wanna you wanna? Copa? Don't you want to want a Copa? Everything back then in Vegas was mob-owned and mob-ran, so the Sands Casino and the Copa Room would have also been popular destinations for the Vegas mob. They probably kept those girls safe. Oh, like, yeah. really safe. My mom said that about they, he would one, the person she knew that was part of the Hole in the Wall gang mm-hmm. would walk by and ask them, like, have you girls eaten? What do you girls, do you guys want something? Like, he was, they would take care of everybody that worked there right like, everything i hear they're yeah. like super super respectful of women they oh, yeah. love their mothers you know mm-hmm. like she said they were nice so nice yeah. and from what i've heard like i mean yes they had their own internal issues yeah. much like us with our invisible interns true but mm-hmm. from what i've been told like they as business owners took care of their employees they, did. they really and, did. like took care of people in general that came to visit them so is it too far to say let's bring the mob back no my mom says it all the time <laughs> should bring the mob i think back. a yeah. lot of people feel that way they're like i miss mob vegas and it's yeah like, do you i do, do I, you? I would love that 
just with maybe less murdery. Less yeah. murdery. Well, they only murdered on the outskirts of town. That's true, so and it was fine. like within their own. So yeah, it was with and usually well deserved, and it was usually somebody who crossed them. Like you don't fuck them over, you don't get killed. That's yeah, you pretty don't... pretty simple guidelines to follow. Right. So during their investigation, Zach and his crew witnessed a disembodied laughter, as well as electromagnetic activity, such as a mel meter alarm when old Sands casino chips were placed out on a table. When the crew ventured downstairs, they received a name on their Ovulus 2 device, Noah. As they went deeper, the device read play, corner, and tied, leading Zach to ask, did you get caught playing in the corner and were you tied up? What happened after you were tied? The device read contract, which was another way of saying a hit. They contracted a hit Mm -hmm. on someone. Uh... They received other responses to their questions, such as cave, dig, throat, lash, and alive, leading the crew to believe Noah was caught playing in a corner, so either counting cards, stealing money, sleeping with, or canoodling. Doing something. uh, Something he shouldn't. Mob man's wife. um, And then was brought out to a cave where he was forced to dig his own grave, then strangled and lashed, ultimately left alive. There were many accounts of people being buried alive or roughed up and then left in the middle of nowhere with nothing to either find a way to survive or die trying. So it's not unreasonable to believe that their scenario is... Is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They believed if you could come back from something like that, like, if you could find your way back home, then fine. You earned your life back, basically. Like, even, um, who's the guy from Casino again? I can't pronounce his name. Which one? The mobster that you were talking about. I just blanked on his name. Tony. Tony Spilatro. So they had interviewed him um, while they were doing all this. And he had said that it was very common for them to like drive out to the middle of the desert, strip him naked, rough him up, mm-hmm. and then just bounce. Yeah. So, exposure. Like, yeah. Yeah. They figured if, 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 if exposure didn't get you. We taught we we sent a message and most people just left town and didn't come back. So even if they did survive it, they were just like, "Fuck it, I'm getting out of yeah, here." They're like, "I'm not like, staying. I don't want to run into you back. at yeah. Walgreens." <laughs> well, there wasn't Walgreens back then, but we know we get the. Gist. It was just a green wall. <laughs> we just, I don't want to run into the wall, Greens. One thing is for certain for this school, babe. Though based on the evidence, I do think that Madame Tussauds is definitely haunted. But what do you guys think? I, I don't doubt it. It was if it's built on the site of the old Sands Casino, which is yeah the Venetian. Um, it's entirely possible because a lot of times ghosts are connected to a site, not necessarily a building. Mm-hmm. It's they're connected to the land that it's built on, so that's entirely possible. Right, it's definitely possible. But uh, on the other hand, I do have to say, how much of it is just speculation because people are legitimately creeped out by wax figures. I mean, well, that too. Wax. But I would also be interested to know because I've never been to the Madame Tussauds Museum in the Venetian. I would be interested to know if you did an overlay of the Sands map where mm-hmm. that was. Like, if you put the Sands map over where, like, where is that currently? Like, where would that have been in the Sands? Mm-hmm. Was it where? The Copa was at. That's what I got from the episode. That it was. That it was. It's, where the it's Copa located where the Copa was. used to be. Okay. Right. Then so that then makes definitely, sense. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, We'd have to go and see. We do. Yeah. We do need to go. Yes. <laughs> um, but something else that he brought up were that there were so many celebrities that have visited their own wax figures mm-hmm. and then they've passed away, but they've looked their own figures in the eyes, like Michael Jackson. Like, it's possible... I mean, I feel like it's that's more of a stretch, but it's possible that some of the celebrities came to inhabit, you know, their wax bodies. I think El Hee Hee got him. Oh, El Hee Hee. That's an interesting thought, though. Like, the wax figures are stealing their souls. Kind of. El Or like a sort of a curse or something. Like, if you look yourself in the eyes, you're going to die or something like that. A curse of El Hee Hee. Don't say his name. I've said it multiple times now. Oh, no. So speaking of Zach Bagans, and we mentioned earlier the Hana Museum, mm-hmm. if you've been following us on Instagram, we went there. We did go there. And you saw it. And we did make a story about it where we sprayed ourselves with <laughs> eat my ass spirit spray. <laughs> Fun side note, I didn't spray any and shit did follow me home. Yeah. 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 Your cat did not like it. No. Mm, not feeling it. I kicked it out of the house, though. I kicked its spiritual ass right out of my the, house. The spirit, like, not the my cat. Fucking cat. Get no, out. yeah, that's funny because I wasn't even mad about like the thing following me home. Like I didn't give two shits about that. I was like, "You scared my cats. Get the fuck out of my house." That that's pretty much that. That's like the ultimate sin. You don't scare our animals. Oh no, yeah. fuck that. So I thought it was really cool. It is about an hour. We won't go too much into details, just because. There's a lot of stuff there. I will say there's a ton. The collection is huge. Yes. It's huge. Insane. The building itself is huge. It looks so small from the outside, but it's 11,000 square feet, I Mm -hmm. think, inside and like 30 rooms. It's an actual legit mansion downtown. Um, So there's a lot. And the tour takes about an hour. Um, so there was a lot to see and I really feel like that was, you know, it was time well spent. If I'd have walked through in like 15 minutes, I think I'd have been mad. Right. I'd have been pissed about it. There is a local discount as well. If you're listening in Vegas and have a Vegas ID, uh, show it to them to get a discount. It'll go down from 44 to 38. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Not too bad. The group was a little large. That was the only thing I thought was like the group could have been smaller. Just right. because some of the rooms, because it was the house was built in the twenties, some of the rooms and hallways are pretty narrow, um, so it was hard for people to see and hard for us all to get in some of the spaces. Um, but that was really kind of it. That's really like the main complaint yeah. is just the groups are a little large, but I guess it did also kind of help the lines move a little faster. So win some, lose some. Yeah, because yeah. that was my one grape was the waiting Getting which outside. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing to wait for because it was definitely worth it, it. Rad, like yeah. the hour and 15 minute tour was amazing yeah but we got there at three and we didn't leave until 6 30 but again i feel like i got bang for the buck then i feel yeah. like i got my three hours for you know 38 dollars like i if again if i like there was another attraction that i went to here in vegas that i paid almost about that much for and i walked through it in 15 minutes and i was pissed right i was mad i was like do i get to walk through it like three more times to make up my money because this was dumb that was that was no yeah (laughs) just no yeah like there was a real a lot of really cool artifacts there and we'll talk about a couple of them but we won't talk again talk about too many of them i knew when i saw a doll moving at the beginning that shit would go and go real yeah i was like this doll moved did either of you other ladies experience anything? I did. Like what? I full on got pushed by an invisible hand outside of the Ed Gain room. Like 
into the room. And there was nobody standing behind me. No, you. because I looked behind me to see. There were people who were walking in next to me, and I thought maybe somebody would have, like, like, but no, there was no one behind me. Which I believe that, because when we were in the egg king room, I felt like something was, like, lightly touching my back. Yeah, like, I felt, I felt a full-on just against my shoulder a push. Like, go in there. Um, and most of his victims were women, so. Yeah. The main thing that... Uh that I guess I experienced was uh, also something that Jade experienced. So it was kind of a tandem experience that we had. Uh, I won't say what it was. There's a point where they have you look at something and we both got the same weird headache right at the front of our heads, like on the bridge of our nose. It's really weird. Yeah. They both got a headache. One of them, you guys were right behind each other. I think like you looked at it first and then you looked at it after and then you guys both were like, yeah, did you get a headache? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, where'd you get it? And it's like right between the eyes. Yeah. And we both at the same time touched the exact same spot. Um, I looked at the same exhibit and I felt like I didn't recognize my own face. Like I felt very disoriented. I looked at the same thing and just kind of felt I needed to shave. <laughs> he got the most spray of everybody. So he just did. so you know he that. He was the first one. He it's was the first true. one and got all the spray. I didn't get any. These two got a decent amount, so they were still getting some experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a happy accident that the uh, the bottle kind of I don't want to say malfunctioned. It, it malfunctioned. just malfunctioned. Yeah. So it was kind of like we had varying degrees of of paranormal activity. Exactly. Hey, hey. Out of those <laughs> of us that got sprayed, I had the least because the bottle stopped working. So Vivian was just kind of like flinging it at me like holy water, kind of. <laughs> Which there's is. holy I mean, water in it. <laughs> And it really was varying degrees because I experienced nothing at all. Yeah. At, through the entire thing, mm-hmm. coming back home, I didn't experience anything. It was really cool. I enjoyed going. I just didn't experience anything. Nothing paranormal. Yeah. Right. Nothing followed us home or anything. No, I totally full on something followed yeah. me home. Yeah. I felt a lot yeah. of pressure in my head, like almost the entire time that alleviated once I got to my car. Um, but then when we were going to look at the stairs that went down to the basement, cause you're not allowed down there cause too much shit I has really happened. I really wanted to go down there, but I had such a dark feeling at those stairs. Yeah. I yeah. like, cause you were like, Hey, come stand over here. And I moved to that spot and I suddenly felt like the floor was not even. And mm-hmm. like, I was kind of like dizzy, like, Ooh. like off kilter somehow. Yeah. I totally would have walked right down. I felt nothing at all. It I, just looked like stairs to a basement. And I was like, yeah, I'll go down there. I, and I wanted, don't even like basements. And I was just looking at the thing like, whatever. Well, the thing is, I wanted to go down there. But I was like, at the same time, I felt like such a dark, such a darkness in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. But I was still like compelled to go down there. Right. I really wanted to. Like, my brain kept on saying like, no, no, do not go down there. This is a stupid idea. Our survival instincts are kicking in right. and telling you no. But, you know, the other side of my my monkey brain was just kind of like, mm-hmm. stairs, go downstairs. Want to well, go that, downstairs? Well, that was like when we were in the, we were in the room with, which, as everybody knows, that the Haunted Museum is home of the Dybbuk box, which is one of the most haunted objects. Um, when you're in the room with it, it's obviously you're not allowed to touch it. It's mm-hmm. in glass. You cannot touch it. Encased, it's pretty. it's behind salt. It's it's pretty well protected. Um, I didn't want to leave that room. I didn't either. It was a dark like pull to that thing that I just wanted to stare at it and like get close to it. And I don't know why. And it was probably that's probably like a really bad 
instinct to have because a lot of people just don't want to stay in that room. Mm-hmm. I had the opposite reaction where it was like, I was like, I want to stay in this room with this thing and I want to, I just want to stare at it. And it was funny because I was staring at it and I look up and one of the other people in the, t- I don't know what my face looked like in that moment, but one of the other people on the tour was looking at me like I had three goddamn fucking heads. <laughs> she was looking at me like, I don't, again, I couldn't see my own like facial expression and what I was looking like, but holy crap, I must have looked disturbing. I wish we would have seen that because yeah. then we would have all like crowded around you and like flexed and been like, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> like, it was it was cool. Like I, I really enjoyed it. I would definitely, again, it's like I said, the price is a little high, but um, it's, it's a long tour and there's a lot to look at. So yeah. I feel like you definitely get your money's worth. It's not like it isn't worth it. And then a tip for anybody going in, uh, don't be shy to volunteer for things. Yeah. I, I volunteered for something. It was a really interesting experience. That's all I can, That's all all I'll I say. can say. <laughs> We encourage you to visit any of these places we have mentioned, within legal reason, of course. Some of them are actually closed down and off-limits currently, but if you are in town this month or around Halloween and are interested in a unique experience outside of the typical haunted house fair, we recommend Majestic Repertory Theater's Horrorwood video, an immersive play and haunted house experience. Vivian has actually seen it it was last year right i did yes they did the first year of it last year um it's really fun if you've done some of the haunted houses in town i definitely recommend checking it out um it is basically a walkthrough play um slash haunted house so it's a really cool idea um they do it up with props it's all like really well done the actors in it are great um, it's really fun. It's, it's definitely worth a check out and it's something that's a little different than your typical, like asylum haunted houses and like the kind of regular run of the mill stuff. Right. Not that those aren't fun. No, but, but like if, if you looking... want to do something different, you've already done those. It's like a, it's like a nice little change of pace. Exactly. I really recommend it. And I'm excited to do it. This yes. Year. We're going to do it the, again this year. Yeah. Uh, tickets are available on horrorwoodvideo.com. For select shows beginning October 18th, and it runs through November 2nd. I do believe it only runs on weekends. That is all the time we have for today, Spooky Nation. Mm -hmm. But please get your fill of our creepy antics between episodes by visiting us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. We're on all of them as this spooky show. Uh, Like Jade mentioned, we will have some exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers, including some of the photos from Haunted Museum that we took. Um her story about Kyle ranch also some upcoming footage. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some video footage at Fox Ridge, mm-hmm. which is haunted by the ghost of an angry child spirit. And it's going to be creepy as hell. As hell. Yay. <laughs> and don't be afraid to reach out to us and, you know, comment on things. We do like to talk to you. We, we do. We'll actually talk back. Mostly it's me. Usually it's me on Instagram and Twitter. So, but I always have it. So I'm like, we will respond. Absolutely. There's, three of us you'll get one of us for sure (laughs) one of us for sure trust us plus it's nice reading the reviews and stuff it is nice we do enjoy that review us it makes me happy dance it does make her happy dance we'll have to film that'll be part of the patreon too we'll film you doing a happy dance yes while reading the (laughs) review oh that's such a good idea you're welcome (laughs) read the reviews and i'll do the happy dance you're you're welcome the the crepe dance (laughs) patent pending patent pending Join us in two weeks when we cover the crimes of some of the most brutal ladies of all time, female serial killers, in episode eight, The Female of the Species.
it's more deadly than the male. It's true. Mm. Until then, stay, stay spooky, spooky, friends. friends.